Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by Randy Dumalik. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Absolutely. No, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so Randy is uh, a Warriors fan, a really hardcore Warriors fan, who I I guess met on on Twitter. I mean, uh, yeah, more or we less, started following right? each other, and I don't follow. I don't. I'm not that active on on Twitter. Uh, but you are <laughs> and i just you know like I, I see your tweets and i'm like okay uh like these takes i like what this guy uh talks about i wanted to talk a warriors preview western conference preview but first i always ask new warriors fan guests tell me about your warriors fandom like when you became a fan uh what it's been like for you because because you're you're of a, a younger breed so you kind of have a different experience from me a little bit man yeah so i while I was growing up, I guess in grade school, right, I had what I would say is like a football dad and a baseball mom, but I had a basketball uncle. So I had I had a, <laughs> an uncle who was always into the Warriors, always into Gilbert Arenas, Monte Ellis, guys that I didn't necessarily watch, you know, full games and analyze, you know, as a kid. But, I, you know, they were kind of household names. And when we would see them, you'd always talk about how the Warriors were doing. Um, and like I was saying before we started our call, uh, before we started recording, I was sort of a Jeremy Lin convert. So in 2011, 2012, that lockout season, when Jeremy Lin hit the, you know, hit the floor and it was, you know, it was, it was just crazy. <laughs> I didn't even know how to describe it. I was coming home at, at 4 p.m. to watch 7 p.m. Knicks games. Like my mom would never put on basketball beforehand. Um, but it was, you know, I didn't understand necessarily back then, but it was a cultural thing. You know, that was that was huge yeah. for me and a lot of other people. Uh, and and that was my end to basketball. I think after that, uh, I started joining the school teams. I played in seventh, eighth grade. Tried to play in high school, didn't play too well. But I, I you know, always watched. So I've, I've pretty much been a fan since then. I would say, who was on the roster for the for the Warriors at that time? We had just traded Monte. So mm, I had a, okay. I remember in middle in middle school, I had a sixth grade teacher who was a huge Bucks fan. And mm -hmm. so I remember being in class with him and him coming up to me and be like, we just traded Andrew Bogut. You know, we got Monte You know, he was briefing the class on this trade that had just gone down. Uh -huh. And I, that was kind of my, maybe the start of that first season that I, you know, really started watching. And I think by 2012, definitely by the time they hired, um, or by the time they made that first uh, round against the Clippers when they lost in seven. Yeah. That, that whole season I had watched pretty much in full. So, so you live the charmed life, man. <laughs> you live uh, the no, I'm, I know, man. I, I, I see it all the time. I mean, I, I guess the, the worst I can remember back is like the Vlad Romanovich days. That's again, just like uncle and not necessarily <laughs> my watching, but I never had, you know, a Donald Foyle or, or, you know, any of those guys bimbo calls none, none nope, of those yeah, days no. <laughs> um, that's cool man so i said uh earlier that you're pretty uh active on on twitter and i enjoy your tweets and everything uh, but let me just ask you like how long have you been on warriors twitter and what is the deal with warriors twitter man well i mean i, I guess i'll talk about oh man this is so relevant um with NBA Twitter at large, right? It's just Twitter yeah. is, is this crazy place. Um, it's, it's like not real and, and incredibly relevant at the same time. But um, I got on NBA Twitter um, 
right around the beginning of the pandemic. So okay. maybe that first, I mean, basketball shut down. I wasn't on it during the bubble, but when we had, when they had started back up, right after we had drafted Wiseman, basically, I initially made my account. I was I was what people call a Stan account, right? Which is just like a fake name, mm-hmm. fake profile picture, just kind of lurking and tweeting, whatever. Um, yeah. Did that for a while, you know, just for fun, just um, watching the games with random people and reacting to different plays, uh, making memes, trash talking other players. You know, it's all it's all just fun. It's all kind of a community. Yeah. Um, it gets toxic at times. I mean, I, I know that there are always bad fans, right, in every fan base. Um, yeah. You know, and you never want the people wishing for injury or, you know, any of that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. no, Twitter's, Twitter's really fun. I like how um, self-referential it is, right? I mean, there are jokes that'll get thousands and thousands of likes on Twitter that if you show to a normal person, it just wouldn't be funny. Like you just had to have seen a certain like set of threads and certain things. You had to know what have, what have been going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you, do you get into like arguments with people? Cause like, it seems like you're pretty, you know, like you just roll with Twitter or whatever, but like a lot of times <laughs> you'll see like the, the arguments about uh, even just this past off season, like people flipping their lids over uh, letting Gary Payton walk, uh, losing Otto Porter Jr. People just literally just like knee jerk, just losing their minds <laughs> and everything. And, you know, Twitter ain't real life. We know that. Of course. But yeah. Do you, uh, is it, do you get involved in those, in those at all? Or are you just kind of like, man, that's not yeah. my thing. I, I would say ironically. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be like furiously typing, like, um, boycott this resign, you know, Bob Myers <laughs> should resign. I'm, I mean, I think I see them and they're funny. Like it's just people being reactionary. Yeah. And I think I, that's what I, that's why I love Twitter is because, everything is so in the moment, you know, you can refresh your timeline every 10 seconds and get 20 yeah. new things coming up. It's, it's really addicting. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but during the season, right. It, it, it leads to a lot of great moments. You get, you build some random friendships and you just end up watching these games and developing, uh, diff- you know, you appreciate different small things and you find another group of people, you know, people who appreciate yeah. Kavan Looney setting screens or, you know, it's not always, uh, people who are just like hurry for three or it's not you know there there are some people who actually know their stuff if you yeah. know yeah yeah totally moving on like uh the news we're recording this on on friday the day before warriors training camp starts and you know just touch on it real quick like andre Gadal announced on his point forward podcast that he's coming back to the warriors he says for one more year season 19 know, yeah uh which is like Jonathan Kaminga's age. <laughs> That's crazy. I kind of felt like it made sense for him to come back. I never really had any any huge doubts. How do you feel about him coming back? And somebody on 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 Twitter I just saw talked about how folks had said, "Oh, I prefer Andre to come back as a coach," which I think is kind of silly, you know, to even yeah. like, think that. But like, how do you feel about Andre? I love him. I mean, I he's you know a warrior favorite. I I remember having his jersey actually. Uh, the first season he had signed way back after uh, the Denver series. I remember him coming in and this is a bit of a sidetrack. I, that, that was like a really important period for me. I was watching a lot of basketball. I remember I was, that's when I like start remembering specific plays and moments and like runs. Um, and right before he'd gotten hurt, he was shooting like 37, 40% from three that season, early, early that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, no, I, I love Iguodala coming back. I think that it's, all that intangible value, right, for, for Moody, for Kuminga, for Wiseman. 
uh, even to take some, kind of some of the burden off of uh, Steph Clay, you know, it's just veteran leadership. You can't really replace that, especially with with someone who has been in the organization, you know, knows the system, knows how everything's supposed to go. Uh, they they couldn't have filled that spot with a better guy. So they have so many young dudes. Getting Andre back was so important because he counts for like three old dudes. No, yeah, he <laughs> does. <laughs> They've never won a championship without him. He's part of their core four, you know, and he can uh, talk to Steph, Clay, Draymond. He can talk to Kerr and he can, you know, teach these young guys how to be pros. So I think, you know, probably other fans of other teams outside of the Warriors fan base don't get what he brings. I don't even care if he plays 30 games again, you know, I just want him to be back and be able to like, you know, that, one clip that went around of him talking to Andrew Wiggins and, you know, like telling him to come over to the bench during the finals and like kind of shouting at him. And then after they won, give him a big hug. Like that's the stuff, you know, and Definitely. the idea that, yeah, I mean, we already know how much of an influence he's had on pool and yeah, that's just stuff you can't, you can't teach. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy uh, uh, about that. One more random thing before we get into the previous stuff is like, I just wanted to touch on not too not too deeply at all, but like all of a sudden the Celtics have had like the worst offseason. Oh my god! And and I'm not I don't want to laugh at like their personal you know like the whole whatever went on and stuff, but just like literally lost their coach. They signed Gallinari; he was gone a while ago, and then I didn't even realize Robert Williams was having surgery. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a real. You know, they were they were flying high. They got Brogdon, Gallinari. You know, they were basically running it back, right? They they got everyone from the championship team. They they'd made the finals in Udoka's rookie year as a coach. Um and, and it's just really unfortunate, man. It's it, you know, class cast a cloud over what should be a really good team, right? I mean, you still have to expect them to to make home court in the East, right? Regardless. I mean, just with that roster and the you know, that collection of yeah. talent, you, I can't see them finishing out at the top four. But even then, that's a that's a huge hit. It's a huge huge scandal. I think it was mishandled by a lot of people on on Twitter in the media. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, man, you just you just hope it you know plays its course and everyone is settles down. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's where Twitter's toxicity kind of uh, you know stood up tall. Uh, okay, that that that's enough of that. That's enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so the the crux of this episode is, you know, doing uh, you know talking about the season ahead, and let's make some predictions. Like, so basically, I want to go, you know, playoff teams and then playing teams and all that stuff. Um, awesome. Yeah. Let's start at the very top. Like, who do you have as number one? Uh, I could. I mean. I don't want to be a homer, man. Like I, of course I want to pick the Warriors. I want them to win. I want them to win another ring, but uh, there are a lot of good teams in the West this season. I think it's interesting because, you know, all the teams that were really active during the off season weren't necessarily the ones that got better the most, right? You had at least three teams with guys coming back completely healthy that are going to be automatically better than they were last year, right? Mm -hmm. Denver, the Clippers, New Orleans (laughs) with with Zion. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. all three of those, especially those first two, could be playoff teams. If the Warriors aren't the one seed, I I could see either Denver or the Clippers. I, I think in the first season back, you know, if Paul George and Kawhi, if Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, um, they already had that chemistry with Jokic in the bubble. You know, you look on them to expand on that. 
Uh, and, you know, the regular season is the time for them to beat up on bad teams. And, you know, I'm not saying that they haven't been proven in the playoffs, but this is the time for them to win and, and you know, prime their teams for that. I think the Warriors, if anything, uh, would be comfortable with three or four or five, you know, depending on obviously where the health is. That's really the key, right, as we saw last season. This shows me that you're a, a thoughtful Warriors fan because you understand <laughs> this Warriors team, they don't, I mean, they they proved it. And we just know it that like it's about uh, how they finish. It's about being healthy when the playoffs start and getting everybody up to speed, like the young guys and everything. And so you're like, oh, the Warriors can be three or four. But I'm asking you, who's your number one? <laughs> who's your who's your definitive number one? Uh, I think it's Denver, man. I, I, I Jokic is crazy. I mean, yeah. he. I, I just can't. He's in, almost indescribable. Man, <laughs> it's just it's so fun to watch. Um, it, yeah. He's really polarizing on Twitter, honestly. Their their play, mm-hmm. you know, their accounts dedicated to um, spreading all of his awesome stats, and then there are also accounts who are like, you know, just preying on all the all the criticisms that he's had throughout his career. I think he's a yeah. great player, uh, and so, I think Denver's primed to get a good get a good season going. Are you expecting Michael Porter Jr. To, <laughs> to come back strong? <laughs> like, I think that's the big question mark for me. I think Jamal Murray with an right. ACL will be fine. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is the big question mark for me. And then, you know, they're, who they who they got in the fringes. I know that they turned Lonnie Morris and Will Barden into Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, mm-hmm. They still have some of their kind of bench guys. Bones Highland, uh, Zeke Naji is still on the team. But I mean, I'm just expecting Jokic to be in the MVP running. I expect Murray to be, you know, a clear-cut second best player, uh, okay. something that Jokic didn't have last season, right? It was kind of him as the first option and whoever he could create for. I just feel like the hierarchy kind of um, plays out really naturally there. Okay. Uh, I do think Michael Porter's kind of their barometer, though. I, I think that if he's one, I think if he plays more than 60 games, they'll be they'll be a top two seed. I just, yeah. and, you know, if he's relatively healthy. Okay. Um, okay. That's that's the big if, though. I mean, it's it's always been his health, right? That's uh, yeah. No, that is a a big if, especially since they gave him a max contract. No, um, yeah. And uh, it's funny, right? Because that was the big question mark going into his draft, and he survived for a while, and then when he signed that contract, is when it came back, right? Right. So, right. Uh, you know, ultimately, is it, is it going to be worth it for them? Okay, that's that's a. I like that choice. I like the non homerism, man. I can I can appreciate <laughs> that. Who do you have at number two? Uh, I'm I'm pretty stuck. I think that I, I have Phoenix dropping quite a bit, just because. Um, Same here. Not because of anything on their roster. I just think that. I mean, maybe they'll come back with a vengeance and they'll win sixty games again. But I I really think that just the West is getting so much better. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if they improved a lot over the off season, um, mm-hmm. at least significantly enough to maintain that one spot. But so Phoenix isn't in the top four for me. I'd say at the two spot, it's between the Warriors and the Clippers. So I, I mean, I could talk about the Clippers first because again, that's another team with injuries yeah. that are finally starting to heal and recover. They add John Wall, right? Mm-hmm. They still have Reggie Jackson. They still have obviously Kawhi PG, really solid big man in uh, Ivica Zubac. It's it's just a solid roster. I mean, the Clippers and I, it was the Clippers and Lakers a few years back that was hyped up to be this huge thing, but you know we've seen since then. I, I think the Clippers kind of starting to separate themselves. Um, so I'm I'm put, I'm probably going to pick the Clippers at two. 
again, I, I don't want to see him in the playoffs, but it is a matchup we haven't seen in a while. I'd love to see Kawhi and Paul George again healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers are definitely a team that worry me. I think that, um, like you're saying about the Suns, I mean, the the Suns had the best record last year, largely because everybody was hurt. I mean, the Warriors finished at, what, three, because so many of their guys were hurt. Draymond was gone for like three and a half months. Steph missed the end of the season. So, like, you know, it's um, it's not so much an indictment of the Suns. It's like you're saying, it's, it's, it's about like, okay, well, Everybody was hurt, so congratulations. Yep. Uh, let's see if you're actually really that good. And I, I, I'm on the same page. I don't, I don't think they're as good. The Clippers, um, I, I'm really curious to see how they play Kawhi, how they manage him. You know, like yeah. after all of his San Antonio stuff, after that injury and everything, and then missing Definitely. all this time, I'm very curious to see how often he plays Kawhi. Is, it's it's a uh, obvious to say he's kind of a key to them. But the thing is, too, it's like, to me, he's also the winner on that team. You know what I mean? He is the yeah. guy that wins, who has won. And I look at Paul George, and he catches a lot of flack. Um, <laughs> people forget, like, how good he was when he first came into the league, how he battled LeBron, how he was, like, in the MVP race with the Pacers, and then how he came back from that broken leg. Um, yeah. All they remember is playoff P and hitting the side of the back. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still see that ad that uh was it Gatorade or Mount? I think it's Gatorade. He's like ball game. He puts the he slams the bottle down, and yeah. you just they they edit that with all his all these misses. It's horrible. It's brutal. Um, but that's yeah. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I can see the Clippers. Um, you know, landing obviously they're they're they got a lot of talent, and uh, I think it's it's definitely a question of um you know I, I said this in the Eastern Conference. Uh, preview that I put out a couple of days ago. It's like, which teams feel the need to prove a point and feel the need to try to like have the best record and get that seating. The Warriors have the confidence not to, um, but right. I feel like some of these teams are like, you know, we got to be number two. We got to be number one um, because we haven't won anything yet. And uh, right. I think, uh, I think the Clippers may be, may be up there with that. I'm also curious to see how my guy uh, BJ Boston uh, uh, plays because he was my, uh, my dark horse in the 2021 draft. I was like, he's got the same pedigree <laughs> as Zaire Williams out of uh, Sierra Canyon had a bum year in uh, Kentucky during the, the heart of the pandemic. So right. he's proven to be decent, but uh, probably a couple years away still. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, who you got at three? Uh, I'll, I'll put the Warriors solidly at three. I think if they're healthy, um, they're, I think they could approach. I mean, it's fifty is almost out of the question. I'll knock on wood for that. But mm -hmm. if they're healthy, I think fifty's in grasp. I think three is a really reasonable place to put them. You know, given that, uh, you know, if they're following recent trends, they're going to rest guys on back to backs. They're going to rest the vets. Um, they're, you know, they they know we know that that this regular season is is not the most important time of the year for them. Yeah, uh, it's most it's the most important for the young guys, but um, like Myers and like Kurd said yesterday on uh, their press conference, you know the top six on the team are already figured out. Mm -hmm. So we you know we know how that how that's going to play out. You know maybe Wiseman cracks the rotation, but that's uh, that's way that's a bunch of hurdles later. You know, so yeah. I, I think that's all. You know, the starting lineup is solidified. Um, again, if they're healthy, it's fifty at least. Yeah, I think three. Do you think the Warriors have improved? I think that they've um, kind of retooled 
right? I was talking to um, my friend about this yesterday, how we had a few really interesting, unique skill sets last year, right? I mean, the first one being obviously GP2, where he on defense is super switchable. You know, he's guarding point guards, even wings. And, but on offense, he's playing the role of a big man. He's in the dunker spot. He's cutting, um, you know, the, the shooting is, I think, there, but that wasn't the fundamental part of his game. Uh, I think you sort of split that by signing Jermichael Green and, and DiVincenzo, where mm-hmm. DiVincenzo is a better shooter than GP2, but he's not, a, you know, not as athletic. Um, defense, might, you know, he's solid, but I don't know if he'll necessarily be at that level. But, you're, you know, the shooting is a plus, whereas with um, Jermichael Green, I think he kind of takes the remainder of that Gary Payton role and a little bit of the auto role as well. Mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on, you know, how the rookies play. So just sort of a interior guy, Otto was grabbing all these contested rebounds last year. That's totally a Jermichael Green role. Play, the, you know, do the dirty work, just hustle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those, those I think, are really great veteran additions that, you know, I think they'll, I wouldn't say that the Warriors, um, you know, jumped any place in the, in the power rankings. I don't know where that, that would necessarily be. But, you know, if they're already top two or three favorites to repeat as champions. I mean, they had just won a few months ago, definitely. I, I think they've improved. I mean, it's that obviously you hope for quote-unquote internal development, which was a phrase probably before your time that they would talk about in the 90s when they had the Donald <laughs> Royals, the Antoine James, Jamesons, and when they wouldn't get anybody in trades or free agency and be like, oh, we're uh, we're working on internal development. Like I was like, that became like a thing before Twitter. Yeah, yeah it, it rides a lot on 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 the young dudes. I expect good things from from them. I mean, you you'd put a, a tweet out asking about like Moody, Wiseman, Kaminga, who's gonna yeah. make the biggest leap, and it it's really all situational to me, right? <laughs> to me, right. it's like yeah. Wiseman. From zero to anything, <laughs> it's a pretty no, yeah, that's, magnificent that's a leap. <laughs> um, and and uh, we all know, and it's, it's been well said that like Kaminga uh, so far has like the highest ceiling. And uh, I've been on record to say like last season that I think he'll be the Warriors' best player four years from last summer. So that's like when like two seasons from now. So you better start showing me some some uh, some point forward skills. Um, and uh, with Moody. You know, he's it's it's a thing where he's pretty clear on what his role is, and he's such a professional. Just you know, like comes to work with his briefcase kind of thing, and he knows how to like. He, I feel like he's more trusted and whatnot. Um, but you know, I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing all those guys on the court. I mean, like uh, I I've, I've, I say this all the time, like. As a longtime Warriors fan, I've always, always loved homegrown talent. Like when you draft that guy, because uh, a lot of times we wouldn't get a guy. We would draft somebody who was like, who would flame out. And then getting like yeah. a, a Chris Weber, like I had, like whether it's Weber or Spreewell, I, I was a huge Spreewell fan as a kid. <laughs> and then having like i mean gilbert arenas that was one of the biggest heartbreaks of my life that was like pinnacle warriors just bad luck and bad management type stuff so like when i see these dudes it's like 
like these are our guys and you just want them to, to su- succeed. And sometimes it clouds your judgment, but, <laughs> but like, I, I, I believe in these dudes. And I think that you already talked about, and I've talked about this before too, like uh, GP2 and DiFincenzo and uh, Jamichael Green and uh, Otto Porter Jr. Neither of them are like the same, but they're both better and worse than those guys in other places. Right. And right. Um, in terms of the on ball stuff that Gary Payton gives you that he's going to give Dame Lillard now, um, mm-hmm. you know, you'll just have to figure it out, right? Like you have a healthier clay who isn't as young or as spry, but he can give you minutes. Wiggins can give you minutes. Kaminga can give you minutes. Um, even though he's a bit quote unquote slow footed, uh, Moses can give you uh, some minutes and stuff, right? I don't know. I, I, I personally, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm the homer. I personally had them at, at one if they're fully healthy, but um, yeah. you know, a lot of it remains to be seen because <laughs> they're not going to to chase wins because they know they know they don't they don't have to. And it's about right. uh, like, like a broken record all last season. I was like, you know, the things are uh, health at the end of the season, um, you know, and getting the new guys who are who all have like one year more experience uh acclimated to the to the bright lights and the pressure and we saw jordan Poole was ready for that it's about getting kaminga ready for that and and right. and all that jazz and then um and then to me it's like seeding right i i think they they have improved you get a better clay as well a more confident wiggins but uh you know uh we'll see that's that's why they play <laughs> that's why they play the games i guess right yeah yeah do you think do you think since since uh, we're on the Warriors right now, what do you expect from from Wiggins? Do you think that he's going to turn to a pumpkin, <laughs> back into a pumpkin, <laughs> or do you think he's going to, you know, continue to excel, or he's found his role that he found in the playoffs, and he's just going to settle into that? Just from what I've been reading and seeing, uh, I, I think that you know what I'm kind of interpreting is the sense is he likes his role. You know, I, I think that he's going to build off what he did last season, you know, in the playoffs, really started seeing him improve on his rebounding. He was locking up guys in the finals, conference finals, um, going against, you know, Luca Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, all these number one options. And it was great. You know, it was, it was super cool to see. It was so fun to support him. And I mean, it's just so, I wouldn't say improbable, but it's so like fun to see that come full circle. You know, I remember the Dilo trade and I remember, that whole season, you know, I remember Kai Bowman and, and Dragon Bender. I mean, I watched those games. So, I, you know, that's probably the most suffering I've gone through. <laughs> that's my side. That's my side note. But that's your case of the 90s right there. <laughs> but no, I, I I love him on the team. I think he's going to um, build off what he had last season. I don't know if he necessarily is going to score more. You know, I think he is going to pick his spots. He really started getting to like a sort of low mid post thing kind of a jump thing when he has the size advantage um i'd love to see that more because you know you love seeing him play physically yeah no i'm i'm positive optimistic i <laughs> feel good about wiggins he's good you know there's all this chatter right like the 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 storylines that started over the summer of how are they going to keep these guys and cap space luxury tax all this stuff and Definitely. you know the three people they talk about are are Wiggins, Poole, and Draymond. Out of those three, who would you be okay losing? <laughs> How do you think this is going to um, play out? I think that Poole is the one they're, they're most likely to lose. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think that um, 
I think even Clay is up for an extension, right? But I, I think Clay is a shoe in. Wiggins, I'm I'm optimistic on again if he performs well and the team is where it should be. And you know, I think I, I just think he would stay in a situation. Um, mm-hmm. But with Poole, you know, they're you might have seen these reports um, on, on Bleacher Report or anything on how they're going to start talking to his representatives as soon as they get back from Tokyo, right? And they're yeah. playing those first games in Tokyo versus the Wizards uh, in a week, right? Less than a week, six days. So, I mean, I think if they are unable to sign Poole to an extension by the time the season starts, um, it's risky because I, I think he's going to play well. I think he's going to look really good and he might play himself out of their budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even if he hits restricted free agency and someone throws 120 mil at him, you know, Bob Myers is going to have to take pause and, and really assess where the team is going, right, in the next few seasons. They have to make a decision soon, but... I think the longer they go without offering him an extension, the, the you know the more likely it is that he can possibly leave the team. I mean, he'll be restricted next summer, right. um, so you know if somebody like gives him a massive offer that the Warriors don't want to match, then that's that's a whole other story. Um, which two would you want to keep the most in terms yeah. of like on the court stuff? Who would you be less willing to let go of? A lot of people uh, I feel like would say Draymond just because of the woes on offense that are well documented. Um, but I mean, if I really, really had to pick him, Wiggins is probably the one whose role uh, could could be most easily re kind of reshuffled around and you know mm-hmm. dispersed among whoever else they get back in some type of trade or even internally. I mean, they have someone like Kuminga or, or even Moody on the wings, right? I think Draymond just adds too much value defensively. I, I think that considering moving off him would be really, really bad. <laughs> I just I don't like that at all. Um, yeah. I know that again, people are flaming his offensive woes in the playoffs and how he's not able to shoot and whatever. But I mean, you watch the last two games of the finals, you watch any of the playoffs from the last few years. It's, I don't know, man, it's undeniable. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to lose him off the team. So yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my yeah. reluctant pick would be Wiggins, but I think that again, most likely to lose would probably be Poole. Yeah, I agree. Like I've I've said, like it's it's Wiggins because they have other dudes who can who can play that that role in the future. They're set up with dudes right. like Kaminga, like uh, Moody, who's six six with a six eleven wingspan, and Poole is so important because name me one other guy in the league who can play both. Clay's position and Steph's position in the Warriors offense without missing a beat at this point, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he's obviously not them, but like who else can, can, can do that when, when Steph was out, he played that role. When Clay was out, he played that role and, right. you know, defensively, sure. You know, uh, he he's, needs to get better, but if you want to keep this going and if you want to rest those older guys, then uh, he's, He's huge. And then also, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, the Draymond, man. Like, you just, <laughs> like, can you imagine Steph's reaction if you let go of Draymond? You got to keep him somehow. I think, yeah, any all, any of those three guys uh, are kind of a package deal to me. I think, you know, any one of those OG three guys departs and, and it's like a significant, you know, uh, WTF moment, right? For the for yeah. the front, you know, for everyone. Yeah, we saw, like, when Draymond's out for three and a half months and they were – you know, listless, you know, they didn't have like who else on this team talks like uh pool talks, but he's not Draymond clay right. chirps a little bit, but you know, it's, it's just clay, but like, uh, you know, you need 
obviously the the heart and soul quotes that everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. Who do you got at four? Four um, is probably for me between Dallas and Phoenix. Um, Again, Phoenix, like I said, I don't think they improved enough to maintain that one spot. I think they're falling outside the top three. Four is, again, if their season goes magnificently well, if, if they respond, you know, beautifully to this whole Robert Sarver controversy, to the game seven humiliation um, at, at the hands of the Mavericks, like a lot, you know, I think they have the, they could be a top four team, but uh, given what they just came out of, uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Dallas. I think Luca is just on his way, right? They did lose mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Brunson and, got christian wood who might be coming off the bench uh they have some weird rotation things to figure out but i i just think luke like Jokic, right you just put guys around luca and and let him go again it's it's regular season basketball i, I don't ne- know necessarily if he's you know i'm not gonna say he's going to the finals or anything so I, i'm putting luca and, and the mavs at four i think i have them down a little further uh before they yeah. lost brunson i had them up there uh, mm-hmm. It really, you know, just I'm very curious to see how other teams play them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're built for the playoffs, honestly, right? Like their their thing where they go five out. <laughs> and yeah, I had yeah. no idea they played like that until until we saw them in the playoffs or until they beat the Suns and I, I was watching them. And it, it's a lot to put on one guy's shoulders at this right. point. And uh, if anyone can do it, he can but I, I do have my questions just because, like, who else is there? Teams are going to adapt. They'll figure Definitely. something out, um, and then he'll figure something out. But, like, will it, will it be enough? So, But I think, like, you know, in general, uh, that range is, is, is decent. What do you think of the Suns' chances overall? Because for me, I think after they lost to the Mavericks, I did, like, a segment <laughs> where I just said, <laughs> the Suns are done. You know, I, I said their windows closed uh, yeah. because because uh, because of Chris Paul. Right. I mean, he's he's a year older. Um, yeah. He had made the finals right against Giannis where they blew a 2-0 lead. <laughs> and, yeah. um, he, I, again, I think he's obviously an all time point guard. Devin Booker is an all star. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a great again, great roster or coach. You know, they have pieces for success. It's just in this loaded western conference i don't know if that puts them over the top i mean i could i could see them winning a series or you know maybe maybe the semis but i don't think they're making it past um maybe not the semis actually yeah one round (laughs) yeah yeah like i don't think think they beat i don't think they beat denver or or the clippers either actually had them probably around six um who's your six uh memphis actually yeah so I, i so they're gonna be Again, I have them lower. They were two. It was Phoenix, Memphis, which is so crazy um, last season. But I think they're going to slip a tiny bit in the beginning, just because we don't know when Jaron Jackson's going to be back. Uh, he mm-hmm. had an off-season surgery, yeah. and I think he's out for another six to eight. I'm, I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm going to be totally wrong. Um, but he's he's going to miss the start of the season. Is, right. is the point? And I mean, they still have Jaw. They still have a lot of their guys. They did lose a few key pieces. Um, kind of on maybe the middle of the rotation, right? Kyle Anderson, right. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAnthony Melton is is now on the Sixers. But again, Jaws is getting better. He's he's young, he's improving. And it's they're they're just gonna be good for a while. And I just I don't see a, a reality where they're even in the lower, you know, I don't think they're below six 
at the lowest. Yeah. Obviously, Jaron Jackson, as you mentioned, is like the big, the big question mark. It's like, uh, was it broken foot? If he can come back healthy and, and, and stop fouling again, he's, he's super young. He's got a great, you know, great physicals. He's going to be good for a long time. Um, it, it, Memphis is one of those teams, right. That that's just on the come up, right. New Orleans, Memphis, um, the wolves, even right. That all these teams have these crazy young cores or cores that are kind of entering their primes, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. or could be, you know, soon, sooner than later. Yeah. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey there, Oakland Warriors listeners. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts. Yes, I got to admit, when I'm not listening to Warriors podcasts or recording Warriors podcasts, that's my jam, true crime. And honestly, it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because... I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I use my earbuds when I'm outside running. What I love specifically is awareness mode and the earbud tap functions. When you live in a city, you gotta be aware of your surroundings. So you gotta hear those cars, bikes, skateboards, everything in between and beyond. You gotta hear them coming when they're coming right at you. And the tap functions allow you to stop, start, pump up the volume, decrease the volume, all that stuff, super easy. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Who you got at seven? Uh, I'm between the Wolves and and the Pelicans, actually. <laughs> I think the Pelicans could be really good. Yeah, they could be. Kind of a sleeper. Um, yeah. I love that, obviously, Zion is back. I think that putting CJ McCollum at point guard is a really interesting move for them. Brandon Ingram is there. It's It's an exciting time, right? You just hope that... Man, that, that's across the whole league. You hope everyone stays healthy. But New Orleans is, yeah, up there for me. And then, of course, the Wolves, who kind of, I, I would say, probably had the busiest offseason, at least transaction-wise. Obviously mm-hmm. trading like five, six first-round picks and, and yeah. all this capital for, for Rudy Gobert. And that's an interesting roster as well, right? I mean, you have like the Cat, Gobert, obviously Anthony Edwards, D'Lo. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm really between the Wolves and Pelicans on that seven spot. Uh, where where are you at on on seven? On seven, oh, me, <laughs> I had the Suns at seven to be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if uh, if I'm picking between the Wolves and the Pelicans, um, I mean that's honestly it's kind of a toss up because there's so much youth. Like 
on those right. teams. Uh, maybe you could say the Wolves have, you know, Gobert is 30 and, you know, other guys have been mm-hmm. around, but like Anthony Edwards is such a key to that team. And right. uh, I think the Wolves go as Edwards goes at this point, right? Because you know what you right. get from Cat. D'Lo is D'Lo. And um, uh, Gobert, you know, you get you get what you get from Gobert and some teams can play him off the court. So if Edwards is the guy who can really lift them up and he takes another leap, then I I believe in his talent. But then you look at the Pelicans and it's like, what are you going to get from Zion Williamson, right? Right. I mean, it's it's one of those situations where he's he's played so little but when he's played he's been like statistically just like an anomaly it's you know scoring at these historical rates and and all these you know efficiency numbers that put him with guys like you know Shaq and all the you know crazy uh comparisons to be made for you know um a guy who hasn't really played a full season but you know completely warranted I think he can be you know the best player from his class obviously and I don't know. It's 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 really interesting to see what kind of situation they'll be in, in in one or two months, right? You want to see what they look like to come out the gate. And they look good against the Suns in the playoffs last season without. Yeah, right, Williams. they did. So you know, it's those two two teams, the Wolves and the Pelicans, are really similar. I'll just say, you know, because I'm a huge Edwards fan, um, and he's less of a unknown than Zion at this point. I'll I'll say. <laughs> I'll say the wolves. I'll say the wolves. Uh, gotcha. Uh, right now, so who, uh, who you got it uh, uh, in the plan? Uh, the Lakers and Blazers, right, are the two yeah. uh, kind of obvious picks for those last two spots. The Blazers are interesting because I like Anthony Simons. I like Damian uh, Damian Lillard, obviously. Jeremy Grant. They still have Chauncey Billups at head coach. You just kind of have to see, right? They got GP two. Dame is back healthy. That's that's the one thing you like to see, but. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't know. They have uh, Shaden Sharp, who they just drafted, mm-hmm. um, who could come in off the bench and play a really important role. Um, and they're, they're, there's some exciting storylines. I don't think they're a boring team, but I don't know if they're going to win at the level necessary to you know, take one of those top playoff spots. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then Lakers, um, I don't even know what to say, man. I think they... <laughs> I, I think they're, on Twitter at least, they're kind of the most criticized or most laughed at it's just the lakers i mean everyone deservedly so yeah i mean as as bay area as a bay area guy can't complain but uh from the most objective point of view possible at least uh, you know as i can muster uh i i hope they stay healthy i hope anthony davis is there i hope that westbrook uh is you see that he has a new jumper right if if you believe that and you believe off-season workout videos yeah i got a new jumper too okay (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't call it one of the top six or seven rosters but again you have lebron you have ad it's just how what can they put together at that point because after them too it's westbrook and and then i would say a pretty steep um fall off they got some good guys lonnie walker is there they got our guy jta Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. a few other pieces i mean they're not going to be horrible I mean, I think they'll win some statement games, and I think there'll be some really funny nights on Twitter where the Lakers beat the Bucks or something, and and people yeah. are going to go wild. That's that's kind of my the yeah. vibe I'm getting from this NBA season is every team is going to be so volatile, right? Like yeah. you're going to have some really interesting matchups almost every night. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about the Lakers is like as much as I love to talk about the Lakers, yeah, it's it's really just if AD is actually healthy. 
which I don't believe he will be for a full season, um, then uh, that's a whole different ball game. That's a different team. I don't think they're that good right. because around the fringes, obviously this the the calculus changes completely if if they trade Westbrook for for a bunch of other dudes. You know, this actually reminds me of when I was figuring out these kinds of rankings last season. Just throughout NBA history, there's been like you know the, the two three best teams, and they always dominate, and everybody else just kind of. Uh, messes around and looks to win a couple games in the conference finals or something from one of these juggernauts. Uh, recently, that's been the Warriors, Cavs, before it was like uh, the Lakers and then the Bulls and the Lakers Celtics, all that stuff. But what you have right now, which I find so fascinating about the NBA is that like, there's so, <laughs> I mentioned this a lot, so hopefully it's not too repetitive, but it's like, there's been such an influx of good young talent over the last few years, especially at 21 draft that a lot of teams, they could, there are some teams that screw up, but there's so many teams that just like have picked really well and they all have, have hope. And I've always said that hope is at the crux of any sports fan, right? Like you Definitely, can stay, yeah. but if you have hope that you're going in the right direction, then that's all that matters. And you see that with a lot of these teams, and that's why you see teams like, you know, the the Pelicans and, and the Wolves and even the Blazers who, you know, we all laughed at last year and and they were just done. Like they they've actually made some moves and they might have a chance to just at least get into the playoffs somehow, some way. So, like, that's what makes it so fascinating. And then plus, as you know, we both discussed, it's like these injuries. It's a whole different league now when you throw these these guys back onto like these really, really top end Western conference teams. All of a sudden it's like, you know, big brother shows up, right? Like uh, <laughs> well, not not like the Orwell big brother. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> like the older brother shows up, right? And um and and like, okay, you know, now now we're playing. So let me just like rehash your uh uh playoff and playing teams. So you had yep, yeah for sure. The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Warriors uh the mavericks the suns yeah you had memphis and then you had the wolves pelicans then you went playing with lakers blazers right yeah yeah i think that's i'll I'll submit that that'll be my official uh prediction to start the year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm gonna come after you if uh if, if that's way off now um, <laughs> just uh just for the sake of uh, uh of argument like this is this is my uh awesome play, yeah play. And, let me hear yours and, uh, you can roast me for this later on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I will do the homer pick and, and pick the Warriors at one. Um, I uh, Again, like this is kind of one of those picks where I don't know if they'll finish at one because of the way that they strategize for the season and the way they yeah. are going to conserve some of their, their dudes. And they will. They will sacrifice games to rest those guys and let Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, DiVincenzo, Poole, run at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, man. God, I can't wait for those games. Those are the games that I'm probably going to – I mean, I watch every game, but those are the games I'm really, really going to be up for when you see Poole, uh, Moody, Wiseman, Kaminga all in the games at the same time. <laughs> no, right? Because um, you remember last season with, like, the Spurs game, there was the uh, New Orleans game. There were a lot of good ones. The Utah Toronto game. game. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Um, that's just fun. You know, it's – it's rare that teams get an opportunity to do this, right? With having a young core like this developing at 
uh, you, you know, what you hope is a you know pretty quick rate while, you know, alongside these NBA champions and kind of dynastic players in your oh, franchise, man. it's really, really lucky to, you know, lucky to be in that spot. Um, but I, I could see them at one. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. I like to think of these warriors as it, they're almost like uh, a college powerhouse, but instead of like a four year difference between the seniors and the freshmen, it's like a, uh, a 15-year age gap or something, right? But, like, you have, like, the current title contenders, and then you have, like, this whole, like, just flock of uh, of blue-chip prospects, right. you know? And that's, yeah. that's never really, really happened. And I don't – that's never happened in my uh, fandom. Like, the best Warriors in terms of youth is when they had – they thought they had like Antoine James and Larry Hughes or Chris Webber, <laughs> Charles Sprewell, which actually was going to be good. And then, um, or <laughs> Gilbert Arenas, Jason Richardson, and we know how that went, but I'm just kind of incredulous that they have all this talent. Obviously it's all on paper, but just in terms of pure talent, like I'll put this Warriors team up against like any team in the league. Okay. So after the Warriors, I have Clippers at two. Um, okay. For all the reasons that we spoke on, I have the Nuggets at three, and okay. I, I I appreciate your your Nuggets take, man, because uh, uh, I, I'm a I'm a huge Jokic fan. I'm always I love watching him play because I'm always really surprised how good he is, and <laughs> it's just because like the his knack for passing, his crazy behind the head shot, like from over his head. Like, I just right. don't know how he makes those, man. It's like, there's so much movement seemingly in that shot from, from getting it like way back here to the release yeah. point that I figure like there, there's a variation and it's hard to do that. But I mean, the guy has, has impressed me, I guess for me, and you did mention some dudes that they picked up uh, in terms of like uh, their bench and their supporting players. But um, I don't, I don't think Michael Porter Jr. will, come back as much as they need him to be to get to the top spot at four. Uh, I had the Grizzlies. Okay. Um, and that's even with Jaron Jackson out, like it's kind of a, it's kind of like they spooked me so much. last season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they, they were, um, they have a lot of stuff going for him. I mean, jaw is, is electric, right? You love watching him. I think he's, he's just good for the league. You know, he, he brings good energy. You know, he's yeah. controversial. He's kind of spicy, right? Like, at least like oh, social yeah. media wise, he totally like plays into that um, a la Kevin Durant, right? Like all these guys who are hyper online and hyper engaged with kind of the talk around them. That's another side. That's another interesting thing to talk about another yeah. time. I used to think he was overrated, you know, like I just thought <laughs> he's another like athletic skinny dude. Um, and then I just saw how he actually leads a team. And yeah. that's that's really impressive to me. He reminds me a lot of like the effect that Steph had early in his career. He's he's like fearless, which I can very much uh, respect. But there are I do have questions about like can he sustain uh, the physicality? Right. Yeah. You know, you worry about. Yeah, not so much because he gets knocked around, but like yeah. because he gets up so high and he lands so hard. It's like when Derek Rose tore his ACL. Um, everybody talked about, oh, so much torque in his movement. And right, I don't right. get that deep, but like, yeah, oh, sure. I see a lot of torque with Mount <laughs> Moran. So again, I don't want injuries for, for anyone, but like, uh, I want to see everybody reach their potential. 
but um that's that's uh that would be one question mark uh for me um this is my bold pick i have the wolves at five um that's interesting do you do you see um edwards is kind of their clear-cut best player this season starting this season or what do you Um, think kind of takes takes the shot for them i do think he takes a shot I think after D'Lo takes a couple of shots, they're going to be like, why is D'Lo taking a shot? <laughs> like Twitter's yeah, going to yeah, yeah. run all over D'Lo. But I think um, probably Cat will be their most consistent player. But I think, like I said earlier, like uh, Edwards will be the guy that um, dictates how they go. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan. I fully believe in him. I would have been ecstatic if the Warriors got him in 2020. Um, I was ecstatic when they got Wiseman because uh, uh-huh. I just – I just saw I envisioned this team with Steph and Clay. This is before the Achilles, right? Like so it's Steph mm-hmm. Clay with Edwards as like this insane athletic freak that we've never had. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. we've had a couple versions, but nobody like that. And mm-hmm. um and just as a change of pace on uh, on uh off the bench and then playing a three guard lineup that that just blew my mind so i believe in that dude delo not so much they're, they're gonna miss patrick beverly uh, like no doubt i think so yeah i everyone likes to clown that clip of him like tearing up and throwing his headband <laughs> into the into the stands uh when they made the play in but you know it, it's great I, I you you love stuff like that you know i i, I like the roster a lot i think that um again it's it'll be really weird to see Gobert and Towns on the same team and, and just, you know, how the league is, is trending back towards big men in general, right? You had an era for maybe a few years where it was like hyper small ball play your best shooters, you know, and can you shoot pass and defend? Um, But you slowly see guys like Embiid and Jokic and Giannis um, really just start bullying people. Right. And, and finishing with all this efficiency. And now teams are drafting guys like Chet and drafting guys like, um, this is a separate topic, but like Victor mm-hmm. Wembanyama, who's coming up in the draft yeah. this next year, is like seven two. I mean, you see size becoming more and more a factor for for all these teams who are trying to win. And so it's yeah. interesting that you know, you, like you were saying, the you have Cat and Gobert now. Yeah, big men, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, I would be fascinated by uh, uh, a a Warriors uh, Wolves playoff matchup in any round you know like i would be really really curious there'd be so many storylines man like the trade wiggins kamenga dilo uh like uh all the stories would come back out like the wolves they they helped the warriors become the warriors right (laughs) like they didn't pretty much yeah i mean they passed on stuff right if you go back that far it's it's their their franchises are intertwined right yeah. What was it? Rubio and, and Johnny Flynn before before Steph Curry, everyone knows. Yeah. And then the, the idea of Kevin Love for what? Some combo of Clay, Barnes, Draymond, da- uh, David Lee. I remember it was, Clay was like the deal breaker there. They wouldn't trade Clay. It was that was a Jerry West. Yeah. That was a Jerry yep. West call, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that, Love Jerry uh, West. Yes, that was that was huge. I'm I'm really really bummed. Like Jerry West, uh, had, uh, whatever all that drama, and he ended up leaving because he was like the. I remember like when he came to the Warriors, I was like, this dude wins. You know, everywhere yeah. he's gone, he wins. He to me, he's the greatest Laker of all time because uh, beyond the on court stuff, he created 
like the <laughs> the the versions of the Lakers that we saw a lot of times, you know. Definitely, yeah. And uh, and look what he's doing with the Clippers, damn it! But like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what I got left. Uh, Mavericks, I got at six. Um, just again, like some of the same questions that I have about supporting cast and how how they'll uh, function and how teams will play against them. The Suns, I have at seven because I think that you know Chris Paul like he's gonna run out of steam he's not gonna make it through a full playoffs but like in the regular season maybe he'll get some rest but I just I don't know I think they're I think there's just gonna be a drop-off you know like the yeah the the remnants of last season everybody could say they're past it Aiton can say he's he's good but uh there was a little bit of that fraudulence with the Suns last season yeah you know, I see that manifesting a little bit more. I'm not going to say they, they stink, but they won't be yeah. uh, as good for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pelicans, I got at eight, again, depending on what kind of Zion they get. I got yeah. the Lakers at nine. I actually have the Blazers slash Kings at uh, at 10. But I, uh, I hope the Kings make it. I'd, I'd like to see the yeah. Kings and Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, old friend Harrison Barnes, like... Yeah, uh, they got some interesting pieces too. They drafted they drafted Keegan Murray, right? They have Kevin Herter from, from last kind of trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, man. Who knows? I'd, I'd love to see the Kings break that drought. You know, that'd be really really heartwarming, actually. <laughs> yeah, Vivek's obsession <laughs> with the Warriors is crazy to me, right? Like, how many Warriors coaches has he hired, and how many guys has he uh, taken to try to replicate the Splash Brothers, like? You know, yeah, who do they have? Damian Jones. Well, they yeah, a, a bunch of old warriors, but also, um, yeah, like Stauskas, <laughs> yeah. Nick Stauskas, uh, oh, Buddy Heald. You know, like they're just like, oh yeah, he's just like just like Clay. You know, yeah, um, Jimmer Fredette, Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, That's funny. and then the one guy that I thought was the key to breaking their curse was a uh, uh, Halliburton. Halliburton, right? yeah, 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 and they and they traded him to yeah. Indiana. Yeah, I, I like Halliburton a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I like Halliburton a lot. I think you know Indiana. I, I wish he had stayed in Sacramento, but who knows? Okay, so let me just run down mine real quick. So it's Warriors, yeah. Clippers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Wolves, Mavs, Suns, Pelicans, Lakers, Blazers. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And and these kinds of things are silly because we have no idea uh, who's no, going to get hurt. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we don't know like who's going to come back whole. But it's it's always a, a fun exercise. Um, let me let me ask you like one one final thing. What are you looking forward to this season besides like you know kind of the obvious stuff? Is there anything kind of random or or whatever? Yeah, I mean, um, one thing I think that we saw in in the postseason was obviously the Warriors won the title without having a bunch you know without having much of a center rotation it was looney who was epic pulling down all these boards and draymond of course being the defensive quarterback basically and just calling all these things out um from basically the center position but they didn't i mean they faced Jokic, and like i was talking about earlier right it's at least for the warriors it's just how do you how does wiseman really um fare against those type of guys right i I know he's not you're not going to expect him to beat them or even perform super well but it's just how does he adapt does he shy away from contact is he going to kind of almost lean into it right Mm -hmm. is kind of like a facet of of his game um yeah just a little seeing how they seeing how they play against a little more size and and physicality i'd love to see him against a team like the bucks or the clippers Mm -hmm. um 
And then I guess specifically with kind of internally, there's sort of a rotation battle, right, going on for those kind of seven, eight, nine spots in in Kerr's rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, DiVincenzo and and Jamichael Green are going to get minutes, right? They're going to be the vets, dependable guys. Um, but I'm just looking for, you know, out of Moody, Kuminga, and Wiseman, uh, which one or two even would have, you know, the most growth to show. Um, but that's, I mean, that's everyone's answer, right? A lot of youth, a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's shaping up to be a great season, man. I, I'm really glad that all the teams are healthy, you know. Um, it's it's just good, man. It feels good. It feels good to be yeah, talking yeah, about basketball yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels great. I'm, I'm I'm like getting into mental basketball shape, not physical basketball shape, just mental <laughs> basketball shape. Uh, I think um, on Wiseman tip, man, like, you know, my criticism of him, I'm a huge Wiseman stan and apologist. And I, I just, my, my one thing is like, does he have enough dog in him? And I want to yeah. see that. That's my big question about him. And because when he got hurt on that dunk, when he got swatted, by uh, Kenny Martin Jr., who's like six four, six six, or something. Wiseman is strong, but he wasn't powerful on that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I yeah. want to see if he really, really is that dude. I hope so, because if I were him, I would be so like annoyed with all the all the uh, doubters. You know, <laughs> that you just want to like you know take it out on people. Um, and then uh, uh, with Kaminga. Again, because I, I have so much belief in that dude, um, I just want to continue seeing him like match up against the best wings. I'm really curious about seeing him play against Kawhi um, mm-hmm. just to see how he holds up because that's the comp, right? Uh, people Pretty have been much, saying yeah. that about, yeah, people have been saying that about Kaminga since before the G League, before his G League stint at the on the G League Ignite, you know? I just want to see. Uh, these dudes grow. And so I want to see him play against like, you know, uh, Jalen Brown some more. I want to see him play against Jason Tatum. Uh, I wish I could watch practice and see him play against Andrew Wiggins. You know what I mean? So um, Mm -hmm. those are the, because I I, I love looking for those for matchups. That's when I used to go to games as a kid. Like I would, I would go watch a bad team to go watch like the guy that just drafted play against, uh, you know, Spreewell or something like that, you know? And yeah. And that's what makes it, uh, exciting for for me all right man um thanks for coming on it was it was good to to meet you in person and or meet you virtually in person (laughs) and uh good to good to talk nah man um really appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on i mean uh, i'll shout out my twitter right yeah random mba um spell it r-a-n-d-u-m-n-b-a yeah man my name's randy jumalik is Pleasure being on. This has been great. Warriors basketball around the corner, dude. Less than yeah. less than a week away. All right, man. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. You can find Aram at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That is always super duper helpful. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. <laughs>